Escape. From Plan A. Ixo! I have one follow but we did not have the medicine to ease your pain. You saved my life, Doc. I hope someday you will come back to us. We'll be back. Maybe not us ourselves, but a lot of guys like us. And I'd like to be with you. Yeah, so Harvey Weinstein, I'm all over the story. I don't even know why. And I, I don't like Hollywood <clears throat> gossip. I, I've never been one to, like, you know, read entertainment news or anything, but I'm all over this story. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, as you, he's the mogul, man. He's the power player. Miramax, Weinstein Company, what is it, 300 Oscar nominations for his films? So, There's something- it's not just like. You know, but, it's not just he, like Bill Cosby. Even his status as the mogul doesn't – It's that's not what's really interesting maybe, interesting to me because I feel like there is something existential in this. Like I don't know. There's something to me that calls into question Hollywood <laughs> and what it meant on a retroactive basis. Like I have to go back now and, and think about you know Hollywood and, and Miramax, which defined it from like sort of like the late – 80s early 90s up until like maybe the end of the aughts i mean harvey weinstein's not as relevant now but like he was there for the peak of hollywood and i have to like hollywood was such a liberal force it was such a cultural force and everyone kind of knew it was there was some you know shade you know hollywood was an ugly business but I don't know. Some something about this, the way it's spreading like a winery fire right now, is just crazy. Like <laughs> it's taking down so many people, and it's forcing me to. Uh, I think it's ripe for reinterpretation of the era that we've now that is now in the rearview mirror. You know what I mean? I love how current your uh, your social references are, team. Thank you. Big ups. Yeah. Winery mm-hmm. fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty I think the, for me it's 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 that it came I think this is the biggest one after Cosby, right? Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, I think something about I think there there's a relationship between that and the Cosby case because I know Woody Allen he's been in the news, but that one kind of it just kind of persisted like like just kind of like it just kind of smoldered a little, but it kind of died away pretty quickly. It just kind of left everyone with this uneasy feeling. Yeah. Cosby came along, but it's because it was Cosby it caused so much hand wringing in Hollywood and everyone else, right? Like everyone was like, "Oh my God, how could Cosby be such a horrible monster?" But deep down, like I think it was kind of planting the seed for this awareness that there is this really dark side to Hollywood that everyone's kind of hearing about tangentially, but no one's really quite lifted the veil on. And this came out, and it was kind of like there's just no plausible deniability, just the sheer magnitude of of how sharp the lens is now on this Hollywood culture. Right. I think, right. I think that's what's, what's going on here. Well, and they're just Unlike so many Cosby. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't have this huge tradition of, you know, being Bill Cosby or anything like that. He was just kind of this always sleazy, powerful person who was at the top of his game, a hugely influential person without that personal social capital. So I think the minute something like this comes out, everyone's going to want to tear it down. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, you know, he can't control social media. Like the New York Times article came out, but then all these people are going to come out and say what they're going to want to say. Yeah. So he, you know, he can't intimidate Twitter and can't intimidate Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and I think after Cosby, he kind of planted, he kind of paved that case, paved the way for uh, victims 
or, you know, yep. the uh, whether victims or the female players who experienced this behavior from this influential person, it kind of gave them uh, credibility to come out and say that this is what actually happened to them and expect some amount of cover. I find so Meryl's, I, I find Meryl Streep's response to be, I mean, in addition to a lot of people, like definitely Ben Affleck is, he's going to bite the dust pretty soon. Um, you know, Matt Damon and all those, but like, I found Meryl Streep's reaction to be, in, it, like, it's show it's showing that a lot of people are con- consciously trying to get away as far as possible from Ground Zero, where where she was just like, yeah, I had no idea that this was happening. I mean, like, I knew this was happening, and I, I don't follow Hollywood. Like, Ashley Judd came mm-hmm. out with this story a while back. She just refused to say Harvey Weinstein, but apparently everybody, it was, she worded it in a way that it was basically, like, outed. And, right, right. and this was a while ago. This wasn't like it was know, like two like, years ago. It was like two years ago or something. And every if, even a casual reader of it, you know, in any newspaper, they would have said like, probably this is Harvey Weinstein, right? And uh, the the fact that it was that well known a secret, and then in they, were, they even like Seth, Seth MacFarlane even made like at the Best Actress nomination in like 2013, just openly said congratulations to the five nominees. You no longer have to pretend you're sexually attracted to Harvey Weinstein. Like it can't be any more an open secret than it was. Right. And I heard someone on like slate culture gab fest, which is like the ultimate, just Victorian liberal, you know, and I, get, I can't not listen to it just to get an idea of how far up their ass these people are. But Dana Stevens was like, um, Tina, it's okay. You can just come out and say you like listening to it. That's it's okay. <laughs> I love Slate culture. It tells me everything I need to. It's know. okay. We're here for you. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, <laughs> I, I, I I I listen to it to raise my own blood pressure, and she's like, well, you know, I totally buy it because Meryl Streep is living in Connecticut, and Connecticut is really far from LA. As if as if there's no such thing what? as electronic communication. <laughs> Like Harvey Weinstein doesn't basically live in New York City. Like what? Right. Like what is he talking about? Well, yeah, it's just. <laughs> but on the one hand, I I kind of do find it plausible. I mean, uh, I mean, she's not exactly within his age range, for one thing, and he he seems to have a profile for the women he he targeted. That's right? true. That's Underage, true. vulnerable, uh, pretty new to the business. Uh, I mean, when Gwyneth Paltrow came out and said it, she was like, she was like, like twenty or something. Yeah, but you know that that's what really, I mean, uh, amongst a lot of other stuff, like he actually went after people who have like parents and, and a history in the industry. Like Gwyneth Paltrow wasn't just some nobody hick like Hollywood wannabe. She had, you know, pedigree. So did Angelina Jolie, and he went after her too. So right. he, he had some, you know. He had cojones on him, for sure. Yeah, uh, they're both, you know, Hollywood kids. But I mean, Meryl Streep wouldn't have been in that target range for him. That that's true. She probably didn't personally. No, but you. Yeah. There's no but way but that, she. Like, but there were people that told her, level, her, right? No, but there's yeah, no people. way that being someone at her level, you don't have like your ear to the ground about. But how... that's what that's what I mean, right? That she heard the stories. She had to. Of course. I mean, sure. there's no way. Uh, I, I, like I just, she I just gets more plausible deniability to me than like the other boys who, 
you know, tripped over themselves running oh, yeah. as far away from from this as possible. Oh, that yeah, that's that's for sure. Not only did yeah. they run away from it as far as possible, they had to like they had to like do the hypothetical lionization. They right? had to pat themselves okay. on the way. Matt Damon did yeah. that, didn't he? Right? If I, like, yeah. if I, I, I had never known. saw it, but if I had seen it, I would have put an end to it, Jason Bourne style. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I would have, I would have chopped him right in the throat with a magazine, and and I can kill right. people like that. It's like Matt, you're an actor. You're not you're not actually a super spy. <laughs> like, calm down. But the question for me is, and I can't help but but politicize all this stuff because I do think I do think that there are political roots in this. Is would this story have come out the way it did, where you know clearly there was you know it, the New York Times has in the past tried, for example, to break um, the Woody Allen story, but it just couldn't get enough buy-in. Like I don't feel like. They got enough editorial buy-in to do it. Nicholas Kristof, I think in 2014, had right. come out and 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 sort of shepherded a ghost a, a letter by Dylan Dylan Farrow, uh, the the adopted daughter of of um, Mia Farrow and and Woody Allen, yeah. uh, claiming that he had molested her when she was a kid, and that's a serious allegation. And he, the fact that he married his other adopted daughter makes this pretty damn plausible, right? <sighs> and Hollywood, again, Scarlett Johansson, Kate Blanchett, everyone just came out and was just like, that's rank speculation. He's never been charged with a crime, you know, whatever. You know, <laughs> it's totally ridiculous for me to assume one way or another. Like, Hollywood just jumped on him, you know, like like a live grenade. And uh, the New York Times just could not summon the power or the... The, the it just didn't have the fight it didn't have the will it didn't have the will <laughs> yeah. until but this time it was like multiple papers multiple media outlets i think the washington post was a backing them up new york yep. came out with it new york times came out with it and it wasn't one piece it was like we're going to do it and we're going to keep covering it and i i have to wonder if hillary clinton won and harvey weinstein being as close to hillary as she was to obama you know malia interned for for harvey weinstein early in the year this oh, is that's a, right yeah yeah i mean he's really there with him um he backs him up and i feel like there you was know a, what mm -hmm. i think i got it i think he forgot to pay his yearly dues to the zionist cabal harvey weinstein <laughs> pretty sure yeah harvey weinstein <laughs> yeah he forgot to pay his annual dues and he got kicked out of the club pretty hard what do you think adam um you know i i have to check my minutes but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it okay. might be true. I know, I know you can't tell us. I, I'll blink. Okay. Twi I'll blink twice. And uh... okay, all right, <laughs> cool. Wink. Gotcha. You're say you're claiming a Jewish Jewish Zionist cabal has his <laughs> head Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Uh, he hasn't had deal. a hit in a while, and uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> he's he's out. I I think that. I, th I guess where I'm going with this is that I can't imagine that if we had Hillary in power and we had this this sort of like power alliance between, you know, Washington, you know, the White House, New York, the journalists, the journalists. Right, right. Um, kind of the banks, but not yeah, the banks. And then uh, and then Hollywood sort of, you know, money, journalism, you know, money, the press, Hollywood, politics, all working together in this machine. You know, yeah, I could, I could see that. Because he'd be too valuable yeah. to to alienate. You know, yeah, I mean, there's well, no. Well, uh, yeah. closely. He'll be too closely tied. Right. There'd be, be no the people they'd, in they'd power. Be, it'd be like cutting your own arm off. 
Exactly. Right. There'd be no um, advantage yeah. for them to do that. Yeah. I mean, wasn't I mean in 2015 wasn't he he considered for prosecution in New York City? Harvey. Yeah. Like oh, a couple of years know. ago, mm-hmm. uh, like a prosecutor was considering actually filing charges against him, and I think this was in Manhattan. Mm. I could imagine, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, was it Cyrus and Vance then, or whatever his name is? Yeah, the and then, DA. Um, yeah, and I, I, I forget if there was like mention of someone like, do, you know, donating some money to a campaign or something, and you know, something one gross. thing leads to another. Yeah, something and then like the charge, like a really bad law and order, like fucking yeah god it's so gross like but i mean it's it's a plausible theory i mean from you know hillary clinton's former former state i think if she were if she were in power now then it's it's kind of hard to imagine that a quick phone call hey don't embarrass the guy that i have a ton of pictures with etc yeah and then kind of made this a little little yeah no i could that's that's a yeah it's a completely plausible point team and um, and so I think that after that alliance breaks, it's just I think what happened was, I think the New York Times, uh, the, the the print media, the press was probably for a long time resentful. I mean, it's it's an unholy alliance, so it's not like anyone likes each other. I no. think, you know I I think that the New York establishment probably has long had it in for Hollywood and the amount of money and influence that it has and the way it sort of, you know, um. It, it, the the print media was sort of like losing a lot of power and influence relative to you know entertainment. Yeah, and, well, yeah, absolutely. And now it's like suddenly you know they it's it's back to the what is it the fourth estate, and yeah, you know they've put themselves in this position as like you know defenders of democracy. I think they have a new the new thing on New York Times is like democracy dies in darkness. Like it's this really Sort of like, you know, we, things just got real kind of thing. And this was their moment. I think that this was their moment to just sort of blitz Hollywood. And it could not have happened unless that liberal, the neoliberal triumvirate, you know, the head got cut off. Well, yeah, because they'd be, I mean, if, if Hillary got into power, then they'd be rolling in the money for different reasons, right? They'd be, it'd be like another it'd be positive for them for other reasons. But as you, as you said, it's positive for them now because they can position themselves as the defenders, you know, on the wall. Right. But yeah, I, I, it just makes me rethink that whole, cause like we were living under that triumvirate for a long time. Yeah. And you know, the thing that, the thing that really, you know, like looking at this story, I think the, the reason it, it fascinates me so much is because like, it it just calls into question the nature of that of that era. I really think this is something that is making should make people look back in time, you know, to when Harvey Weinstein was a fixture of Hollywood, and um, when you know Bill Clinton was president, uh, or even when Obama was president, and just the sort of like. The, the 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 reality now like we're starting to really get a sense of who Bill Clinton himself was um mm-hmm. who's he's probably as bad or just as bad as Harvey Weinstein you know so who were our leaders like it was all just a bunch of like fucking disgusting old men you know and at that time you know i i did feel like as a as a good liberal and my family was like you know we 
voted blue. We lived in Maryland, which is like 90% Democrat or whatever. You know, there was this feeling at that time that like what Bill Clinton did in his private life was irrelevant. And I feel like the same applied definitely to someone who didn't hold elected office. So the attitude back then was just like, okay, probably like, okay, Harvey Weinstein's a shitbag in his private life, but the, you know, he's not a, he's not a politician who cares. And mm. it was just that kind of environment where it was just like the, per, you know, the, the reality of your leaders and your, and your, and your moguls didn't matter. You know, what mattered is what they said and what they did and, and the kind of movies they put out and the kind of political messaging right. they put out. But it's right, definitely right. this attitude of like, it's not, not what I do, it's what I say. And it, it just makes everything seem so much more unreal. And, you know, you could say anything, but if you can't live it, then there's no proof of proof that it works. So they're just feeding you a bunch of sh bullshit, you know? <laughs> I think I think we might be in a new era of really trying to, to like coming to some societal understanding of how thin the veil between perception and reality is and how, or how big the gap is between the two rather. I mean, in looking at the social media reaction against Harvey Weinstein, part of me kind of wonders if it's actually not uh, displaced anger at Trump. This idea that there's this mm. this almost all-powerful person who was responsible for so much uh, misery and kind of flexing the power to kind of enjoying the power to tear him down. And it's an easier, it's an easier figure to topple than the president of the United States. But the reaction to that, the rhetoric was really similar. So I kind of wonder if, if there's this whole social media machine that's kind of primed and ready uh, to flex its muscles and really caused some damage out there and this target came along and it was perfect because what? unlike a political figure it's an entertainment figure so not only so not only is there is it so easy to topple it just by flexing you know social muscle as a collective uh there's almost no repercussion to it either it's, it's, okay so that's what i was going to ask you so what, what what you meant by social media muscle is like just kind of all of us, like just just the sort of masses yeah. in in a sort of like hive mind kind of thing. Yeah, like it was kind of exhilarating because I mean, if you look at the timeline, how quickly this all unfolded. Yeah. Right. There had to have been some collective uh, urge that was kind of in all of us. Right. Right. All of us who participated in this uh, in this kind of drive that was kind of that was ready to pull the trigger, and it was this subconscious, and it was it was there, it was ready to go. All it needed was a little spark to light this huge fire because wasn't the uh didn't the piece drop on like friday or something are we wait are we talking about napa now or what's going no, on no we're talking about <laughs> no, i'm just kidding just... <laughs> no sure so, no but, um, but but all the fires going on yeah exactly no but Before like california but that's interesting because you're you're painting social media in a pretty positive light then saying that it has a sort of like direct democratic function uh yeah, kind of yeah i mean since since November, uh, people have been very angry, right? Yeah. And that fire has been burning and simmering, and people have been getting angry, uh, despondent at times. But there's, we've all been kind of sharpening this collective awareness and hunger mm -hmm. to have finally have at uh, this this target, a target, whatever target, the patriarchy, mm -hmm. Trump, whoever. And so he's sort of like an avatar. Kind of. So that that hunger was there, that desire to bring uh, to bring some 
some powerful figure down low was there. Uh, it's Trump's not going anywhere. In fact, he seems to be getting stronger the more you push back at him. But here came Harvey Weinstein. He's not he doesn't have the same magic power as Trump, uh, yet he's a powerful, influential player on the Hollywood scene. He he shaped the entire industry for just about as long as, you know, I've been alive. I don't think there's a person in America who hasn't seen a Weinstein picture. Right. There's a whole generation of kids growing up influenced by the work he did. Um, but so a hugely influential figure who was a very turns out he was a very bad person. And so we were just all there ready to pounce on him and shred him to pieces. And I think we're kind of just like collectively enjoying how we brought this about. And it's also been really entertaining to watch all the other celebrities kind of running, uh, running away from this mess as quickly as possible. Like I kind of got the appeal of like gladiator fights now. So there's a bonfire mm. of the vanities kind of thing where it's like we're just kind of we're yeah just cleaning house, basically, and just eating popcorn and enjoying the show. Because unlike talking about Trump or anything, this actually has no significant consequence. Really, this is entertainment. This is pure entertainment. We've given it this collective value and importance, but it's not the same as like fighting over abortion rights or legal immigration. There's literally no stakes involved in this. Except the pleasure in watching a powerful person be brought low. I think there are stakes, but not practical stakes going forward. But there are stakes in terms of how we – the battle for the past. Because sure. like if you look at Bill Cosby, again, that was an inconsequential story too. Uh, I mean he's well past his prime. He really didn't have a career left. But still there was this legacy of the Cosby show – um, and Bill Cosby sort of as a, as a, as a public figure in the past. And, you know, the, the fact that the allegations go back so far, I think it would be different if Harvey Weinstein like raped somebody, but he flipped, like he was a good guy up until yesterday, flipped out, raped somebody. I think that would be totally different. And in fact, a much lesser story. Same thing with Bill Cosby. If he flipped and just did something now, it would be like, it would be like a typical Hollywood scandal story, but it would have no further meaning. But I think the fact that the the the, the crimes and the and the and the allegations go back into that era where we ourselves were kind of duped into thinking that you know these were our sort of national treasures. That makes sense. You know, yeah, it, it it's yeah. forcing mm -hmm. us to go back and question our commitment to the ideals of the past and. That is everything. It's it's because it's cultural. It's it it it's not just to a man. Nobody cares about Harvey Weinstein. I mean, nobody nobody really even really understood who he was. I think like we knew that name, but I don't think most people really gave a shit about who he was. They cared about Tarantino. They cared about Meryl Streep. They care they cared about the the movie the actors and the directors. Um, but the fact that it happened up top and he was he had his hand in everything is now forcing us to reassess the commitment that we have to that era. And I think that that does have huge stakes. So I do think this is, in that sense, a very important story. That makes that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, for someone who has such a deep history in Hollywood, shaping our perception of it kind of... Uh, we shape ourselves based on the work he produced. Mm -hmm. And that's very real. So the anger might, yeah, you might be onto something there. That this is 
This is anger at having been lied to for so exactly. long. Exactly. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. what it feels like to me. It's like, it does feel um, like it. Good, goodwill Hunting. Now it's like this collaboration between, um, you know, you have to go back and just be like, it's a Harvey Weinstein produced film in conjunction with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, who became like themselves pretty, you know, they, they, they're, 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 Ben Affleck, I think, has been caught, caught up more in doing Harvey Weinstein like things, actually being a harasser. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they said anything about Damon, but Damon was, I think the accusations of him are that he knew about it and then was actively pressuring people to, to, to not say anything about it. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Right. He's an were enabler. Either of them, were either of them in uh, Leo DiCaprio's like debauched gang? Rat Pack? The new Rat yeah, Pack? Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. No, no. no. I kept, I mean, it's always was... kind of been in the back. The, like, people hint at it. Some people try to write a little bit about it. Just how awful he and his little gang of other celebrities and wannabes Toby were. McGuire. Toby McGuire. Oh, Toby McGuire was okay. there, yeah. But right. they're, they're, more, they're more almost... Um, run-of-the-mill dirtbags. Like, they're not using their power to, like, um, get sex out of of actresses. Like, they just go to clubs and do, you know, run-of-the-mill sexual assault (laughs) and act like dudes. Oh, that. Okay. Well, never find Just run-of-the-mill stuff, right? Well, the the difference is that I think a lot of girls actually liked Leo. Right. They like Leo and Tobey Maguire. So I, I don't think this idea of, like, you know, it's not the same because Harvey Weinstein's disgusting. You know, yeah, that's the big difference. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Like the dude can only get laid if he uses his power and money. Like yeah. only. Yeah. Like, not, not, not that it makes it any bad. worse or better. Not that it makes it better, but it's just that you know. No, it's it's true. I mean, people, people we are talking about Hollywood here, yeah. so you know, image is a lot. But I think I mean I've been really enjoying watching the. the uh, uh, I, I hate to use the same uh, same phrase twice, but lifting the veil. I, I mean, as long as I've been, you know, paying attention to Hollywood, which admittedly hasn't been all that much attention. Uh, but there's always that gloss, that veneer. You know, it's PR speak. You know, there's a carefully crafted message that's very, you know, cannily timed and phrased and, you know, vetted for maximum appeal or what have you out there. And, you know, it's not real, but you kind of buy into that. Right. Same thing with the politician speak. You know, it's not real, but you also don't have an idea of what that real that reality is. So you kind of end up buying it halfway. Mm-hmm. But what I've been enjoying more and more is that is that, that veneer of, of plausible deniability or believability is almost completely gone now. Like, look at all these celebrities flailing and they are messing up big time. It's terrible. Like huge. Like they are exposing themselves their personalities, what they're actually thinking and feeling. Uh, this is seeing them as, as human beings panicking. And it's, it's actually, it's really enjoyable for once. There is no, there isn't really much of a PR spin or a glossy veneer. There's no comfortable separation between perception and reality. This is, it feels pretty raw. Oh, it is. But I, I bet, I bet you though, Jess and Adam both like, I think the three of us probably in some way, I mean, the three of I, I know you two pretty well now, so it's like I, I think we're comfortable without relying on the like, you know, I, I think we actively try and find ways to believe that Hollywood never had any good intentions. But I think that even though there was that sort of 
that, that that PR layer, and it's not like there weren't a lot of conscious. There wasn't a deep conscious understanding back then that Hollywood was full of shit. And I think most people would say that. I don't. I doubt peop, you would find many people who are like, oh yeah, now Hollywood is the land of truth and dreams. But right. there was, I think, that layer of mystification, that PR layer. But then the question is, what's underneath the clouds? And I think for a lot of people back then, they believed that there was probably something good. Like fundamentally, it was a well-intentioned place that wanted to make good art, that said good things, that right, like, inspired right. us. Uh, you know, and, you know, the messages behind movies, like, which are all really upbeat, like, not upbeat, but like moralistic movies, like, that there was a real deep truth, a commitment to truth behind those things. And that, you know, all the gossip and shit, of course, it's going to be phony, but the movie was the true shit. Um, and that the people making it, therefore, the people that were making it were committed to some deeper truth that maybe we couldn't access directly. Right. And we, we probably right. had a similar idea about politics. Like, we knew at that time that Clinton was, you know, I, what, what did Colin, Colin Powell say? He was dick and bimbos. <laughs> <laughs> we knew that. I mean, he, knew he didn't even deny that. I mean, that was a fact. But we were like, look, it's Bill Clinton. He's committed to something deeper. Yeah, okay, maybe he needs to, you know, fuck the intern or something. But, like, but... But but he's a good you know he's 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 that's just what a man needs to do under the stress of doing so much good you know right and well that's kind of an implicit contract right right for politics for Hollywood you you need to believe that if so much money and privilege and the real 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 influence in society is going to these people you you need to convince yourself that they're steering the ship in the right direction. Right, or the, and it's really fundamental- it's right. hard to reconcile because the the movies that Miramax produced under under Weinstein he founded the company right that's yes. his company it, yeah okay co co founder I think yeah right Miramax is so like reconciling- his name I think oh okay yes. but like I mean those works have to stand on their own as artistic as artistic works and then trying to reconcile that such such a horrible person was able to produce Shepard. Uh, actual works of art that have been revered as social icons, that's going to require a lot of introspection. And that's, of course, going to cause a lot of anger. So I think I'm buying your theory more and more. Mm. This is some, this is a reclamation of the past, some way of recon- trying to reconcile our complicity in that as well. Oh, that's absolutely true. Because if, um, you know, we, we gave all this power to these people and they ended up being so bad, what does that say about us? Yeah, and I think it has it has a lot to do with uh, Trump being in office. I think, and I'd the react, uh, not just Trump himself, but the entire social mechanism that a brought him to power, and that right. b is trying to take him down. I, I buy that too. I buy both both theories. Uh, because I, I mean, he's sense. completely shredded the veil on political respectability. Right, and that you need to have at least some respectability to get elected. Like right. a little. And also, I mean, even the inner uh, workings of government, um, I never really paid that much attention to like the minutia of actual governance until Trump. I mean, and he made that he basically is running his own reality show out of the White House now. It's sordid and it's ugly. The details that are coming out about the actual day to days. Of governance, and it doesn't even—it's not even about Trump. It's about the entire mechanism being so broken, and mm-hmm. Trump finally being there shed kind of a 
in a twisted way, shed light on on the brokenness of the entire uh, mechanism. Right, and not just and, the executive, too. The legislative, right, and everything. Think, and I think people are becoming aware of how distorted the perception of things, of these powerful institutions and the reality of it are. So I think we were just primed and ready to believe, yeah. to actually believe the allegations, for one thing, and then B, to come down hard when it did. Yeah, because Woody Allen, that. I mean, it was they were hideous accusations, but one he could hide, kind of hide behind. Oh, yeah, a neurotic New York Jew who makes art films. Of course, he's going to be raping children, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, and like, know, oh, like as oh, they do, right? The hell, yeah, who the <laughs> hell cares about Woody Allen? It's just going to be some brandy brandy sipping Manhattanites, right? Who hasn't thought about uh, running off with your your Korean stepdaughter? Adopted daughter. God. Some of the pictures. Because, you know, like, Woody Allen's been old for his entire life. Did you know that? He was born basically yeah. Yeah. exactly like he does now. And yeah. there was Benjamin, there, he was Benjamin Button without the actually there, aging away. There are pictures of him <laughs> with Soon Yi at, like, Knicks games and stuff where he looks exactly like he does now. And she's Is he still literally, married like, to her? Yeah, they're still married. They're married oh, now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They've been married, yeah. Um. It's weird. He's both like he's not really a sex abuser. He was looking for love with children. You know, like yeah. that was the weird thing. And there was pictures of him with Sunyi at like a Knicks game or something. That he, both he looked about. He looked exactly like he does now, except she's literally like eight years old, and she's yeah. like sitting on his lap. Oh, that's right. And and it's not like it's crazy. Like it, it I'm like that's his future wife. Like that is fucked up, dude. Yeah. Like, how is that not an immediate disqualifier from being in good liberal company right there? Honestly. Like, how is that? I If there was a – if I – if I, anyone I well, knew did that, I wouldn't – Here, Here's what it is. I think them. it's because Weinstein presented himself as more populist. Mm, yeah. So he spoke to more people more directly than Woody Allen did. Because Woody Allen, he makes some snobby-ass pictures. He does, yeah. Yeah. And it's it is a distancing act. You're not supposed to feel closer to him in these works. You're supposed to come away feeling a little squeaky, a little kind of a little yeah, like okay, but, but that's humanity, elite, right? Why there. does the elite tolerate him? Like, why is it that? I mean, he clearly runs, and so I've seen him in in New York. Uh, he's he's no pariah. Like, I've seen Sunyi before, and she's no pariah. It's like why? Not that I'm saying she deserves it, but like, why does the why does this kind of thing – what is it about elite society that lets them just kind of overlook – elite liberal society just, like, let them overlook these really, really fucked up behaviors? Because they're, it's about tolerance, I think. I it's, guess. It's about I don't know. that um, – it's the emperor having no clothes, mm, I was really. thinking about that before, Like, yeah. he's well, – yeah, mm. like, I mean, he positions himself as extremely – uh, uh, urban Manhattanite. I say urban as in like Manhattan urban, not slang for you know, not uh, shorthand for black. Yeah. Urbane, yeah, yeah. urbane. <laughs> uh, but like a really highfalutin New York elite, mm -hmm. right? He's he's Jewish, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he positions Jewish. himself in. The, I, I'm going on the Jews a lot today. Sorry. It's cool. <laughs> we're the new, we're the new Jews, so it's fine. We're just yeah. we're just oh, learning awesome. from the, our, our our inheritors. So. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, he positioned himself that, that nerdy cool factor. Yeah. And I think if you wanted for a oh. time, if you wanted to be included in that kind of intellectual pre-millennial hipster 
scene, you kind of had to buy into the Woody Allen mythos. Sure. Yes. And part of you, that. Yeah, and, sure. You did. Yeah. So I think he, I, him running off with Sun Yi, uh, I think that was fun as kind of like edgy. Avant garde. Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Avant garde. If, if, like, if, like, if an elite liberal I can't guy does he did it, that. If, if an elite liberal guy does something really disgusting, it's just avant garde. Like if, yeah, like, right, right. You like, don't understand. You don't understand. Yeah, people would say yet. like, "Oh my god, I can't don't believe get it you did that. He's That's so fucked it. up." But there'd be like a note yeah. of almost like reverence. Mm. It was almost jealousy. Like, oh, he had the he had the guts to actually do that. We we've yeah. all sort of wanted to do it, but we're not Woody yeah. Allen. Damn. And it's kind of and it kind of reaffirms the normality or the coolness of urges like that. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I thought about running off with that hot asian 13 year old before too woody allen did it holy shit i must be smart right no yeah it's it's um yeah it's a pervasiveness. i'm gonna buy a weird scarf and wear ugly glasses it's a per yeah it's like a permissiveness and a and a and like a perversion of like tolerance where like yeah. you've got to tolerate every screwed up impulse and like if you're not artistic and you're not you're not really cool. You're too square if you, you know, feel bad about, you know, these urges that you have that yeah. you shouldn't have. But, you know. but then what are regular people thinking? Like, we just don't care or something? Or we're just like, oh, those weirdos, I'll never understand them? Like, Well, I yeah, I, yeah, I think a big part of the middle of the country didn't care about it. Like, they're like, like the, it's those East I, Coast weirdos. Yeah, like, when I heard about about him and Sunni, like, honestly, like, I was, like, like grossed out at the, like, if you put, if I put myself in Sunni's position... I was like, I, what the hell were you thinking? But I couldn't, like, relate to that entire situation. A, I had, you know, I didn't particularly like his, his films or anything. I didn't like his positioning in the, you know, the Hollywood or entertainment pantheon. Uh, I just had no relation to this whatsoever. So I couldn't, I couldn't quite emotion, it didn't quite emotionally resonate. Sure. Aside sure. from like, oh, wow, that's, that's one fucked up situation right there. Okay, Next. I bet you would like. But, I bet you would like Match Point. Just saying, I think you might. That like is, that's not a bad movie. Yeah, I did. You did. I, I figured you would like it because it has sort of like class elements in it, and it was not his like usual lark of a movie. Like it was a more serious minded, or yeah. it was a more plot driven like genre. Of, it's his most normal movie. This is to what be honest. happens when yeah. we talk about Woody Allen. You can't. Everyone has the Woody Allen movie that they like, right? But part of me is well, like, he also like, has like five hundred of them. So yeah. So I mean, he's a really sharp social commentator. He gets people and what moves them. Yeah. Right. So that's what makes it doubly squeaky for me in adulthood. Looking back on that whole situation, there's no way he didn't know what he was doing. There's think, no way he didn't know how it would come across. Yeah, I think in a weird way, like. And it still might be true, maybe I don't know, but like I have the, I've always had this sneaking suspicion that these sort of like perversions in 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 your in personal life are somehow course they're like necessary to to be you know that that director or that politician or that producer. Like it wasn't that like to me it's I, I still don't think it's like oh he could be Harvey Weinstein was. The ultimate mogul, except for this tendency of his to, you know, t t mm -hmm. remove the bathrobe and, and masturbate in front of his starlets. Like if it's almost he just because of, if he, yeah, I think it's like integral to whatever propelled him. Like, there's no way that brought him so much libidinal pleasure that he would not stop doing it, even though he was, he probably knew he was putting his career at risk. 
um, you know, no right. doubt. Well, certainly, right. Certainly in the beginning when he had no power whatsoever, right? Certainly. I, I, and I think those around him were probably telling him, like, dude, you know, fuck, like, this is ridiculous. And he it was costing him money, right? Um, right. And I, I feel like, though, to be Harvey Weinstein, to live that kind of fucked up, like, that bizarre existence, you know, it's a bizarre existence, right? Well, yeah, I mean, but that that sort of, but that this sort of, um, that this idea that you have to be sort of messed up and bizarre and these character, huge character flaws are inherent to being successful, not just entertainment folks, you know, like in business too. In business too, yeah. Uh, totally, you know, we, yeah. we our society uh, rewards sort of these outlier people, it, sometimes because they're they are genuinely talented. Yeah. Uh, at other times, I don't know why, but. We seem to constantly, uh, you know, have this attraction to them. I, anytime I see someone with that's like extraordinary in one sense or another, I'm always curious. The first thing I think about is like, okay, what is the dark side to this guy? Like, what's the what's the perversion? What's the freak? Like, cause there's no way like they're just they're just normal people except just amazing. Right? I, I, I totally agree with you. You think I, so? I, I mean, to- this is totally, just to me, just a absolutely. suspicion. But like I mean, same thing with Woody different. Allen. I don't yeah. think you could be Woody Allen without his little weird fucking. You could no. He made his career kind of off of he made his career off being a neurotic, weirdo, creep Jewish guy. Yeah, like that's Woody Allen. Like he, if you were normal, then he <laughs> he'd be nobody. Trump. He'd too. be just some schlump guy in New York. Like yeah. he wouldn't be anybody. Like Trump like, would not be Trump. I mean, Trump has the same sort of daughter daughter obsession as Woody Allen, right? <laughs> and, <sighs> And I, I feel like he it that's part of it. it's not like a flaw. It's it's a it's an unfortunate feature. It's not a bug, it's a it's a feature. It's a bad feature that unfortunately <laughs> yeah. we had to, you know, put it in in order to make him, you know, Trump, you know. Well, you know, I mean I think every sort of field where you're gonna excel, uh, they have those character flaws and what that flaw presents as is different. Like I think even in sports, like if you're a if you're an elite athlete then you, you know, you're obsessive in a certain way and you're not normal. Like you, you, you're not going to have a normal personality. Now, is it, does that mean that you're a sexual pervert like Harvey Weinstein? No, maybe not, but you're, you're going to be weird. Uh, and I think that's the way. And I think in almost anything, if you're like at the tippy, tippy top of performance. Okay. So that raises a really disturbing, disturbing conclusion though, or disturbing Mm -hmm. inference, which is that, if we live in a world that's run by elites, mm-hmm. then we're living in a world run by perverted, fucked up people. We are absolutely that's part of the. I think that's part of this process we're going through with Harvey Weinstein. Honestly, right? It does relate to what like, you're saying, especially in contrast to like a case like Woody Allen's. Like the magnitude of the response against him, kind of, kind of begs the question: what this means about ourselves that we would hand over the keys of the kingdom to people like this. And holy fuck, look what they did with that power. Right. But we can't stop doing it. Um, we're not going to because, yeah. again, so long as the gap between perception and reality is big and people can keep spinning things and hire better and better PR people. So we so we never know what's actually going on, how the sausage gets made. Um, we can just keep buying the lie. Yeah. And I think we've come to a point when that just – the cover got blown. There is no plausible deniability anymore. There's no ability to close your eyes and close your ears to this anymore because look where it got us. 
we put Trump into the presidency. Yeah, I think that's it. I think, well, I think for, for we needed just enough plausible deniability, not so that the public actually didn't know about it, but so that the, it, like plausible, like the, so, so the public itself could give itself, like we could give ourselves right, a plausible right. out. Like right. we didn't have, yeah. to, we didn't have to feel like hypocrites supporting someone like Clinton because we had this plausible way out of it. Like, you know, yeah. it was actually really sweet to Monica. Like there were liberals that were saying at the time <laughs> saying like, they were def- like Chris Rock. I remember at the time was saying like, everyone here got their job from someone they knew. You know, what's so wrong with giving someone a job or, you know, like whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, went a little further I, than that, bro. Like, yeah. I don't like you grow up and, you, you know, you learn the term casting couch. You hear veiled references to how toxic and corrupt, you know, Hollywood is or all these places. And you're like, OK, so there's probably some squeaky thing or some bad eggs in that in that batch. But overall, eh. How bad can a system be that brought us goodwill hunting? Exactly. You know? I think that's mm-hmm. it. I think we are looking for proof. So you try to – you look at the sausage and try to – we're looking at the sausage and trying to infer things about the conditions under which it was made. Yeah, exactly. I think that's yeah. totally true. Yeah. And then yeah. now we've gotten to the point where um, it, we're really calling the, – the sausage is now – his name's Trump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of this, in a way, I think people are, are – I hope we do this – is like we, we all see this as a continuum, right? Like, it, again, like everything that happens I think is a byproduct of something. It wasn't – it wasn't like, oh, if only Trump didn't happen, we would have been living in this – you know, Obama, like a post-Obama idyllic sort of Obama but better, you know, kind of thing. No, I think like you, you look at Obama and you can see the seeds. You can see the seeds of how we got here. Um and if you look at Harvey Weinstein, you could see the seeds of how Hollywood started feeding into a much more nihilistic, bro-driven, reality-based entertainment where we took pleasure and humiliation of other people, and we took mm-hmm. we took we took pleasure in seeing people fail, where yeah. success was simply survival, you know, and all these like reality shows yeah. and stuff like yeah, you're we, fired. Yeah, we got into this because yeah. because everybody it becomes. I think what happened was that it became so normalized in Hollywood, um, in entertainment, to have people living these kinds of lifestyles that after a certain point they couldn't they they couldn't provide the proof in the pudding. I mean, maybe Harvey Weinstein was the last of the great moguls in the sense that he still could compartment like like Clinton compartmentalize the bullshit that he did in his private life versus the sort of lofty ideals that he you know, put into or, or, or advocated for in his movies, in his public life. And we're got, we've gotten to the point where the, the, those barriers have fallen down and the fucked up private lives are themselves the entertainment, which is why you get a Dan Bilzerian or whatever that guy's name. Is that his name? Bil, Bilzerian? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. like we've, we, we look like, if you look at the YouTube stars that are popular now, the Logan Pauls or whatever, like we're looking for people who openly celebrate being Harvey Weinstein, not the producer, but the perv, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at, yeah, like the reality TV. Yeah. So they can't even make the sausage anymore, you know, because it's been so overrun with this garbage. And I think normal-minded people, like the vast majority of people who are just like normal uh, human beings, like we've been locked out now, right? Because we... Mm-hmm. You know, because we couldn't break it because we kept being told. We could, I think we were kind of told to stay away being like, look, Hollywood's for narcissistic people. You're not going to, you know, like just stay away. Why? And then we 
sensibly did. I, I'm very happy, for example, that I never, you know, I'm nowhere near this shit. Like, I've never had any interest in mm-hmm. it. Um, I, you know, I, and I'm glad that I never did, you know, looking, looking, seeing as how the reality of it really is. But that means like everyone, every lot of normal people probably were told to stay away and they did. And then, and then now we, we've, we lived through a system that empowered really extreme and fucked up personalities and the normal people have been shut out for decades. And then this is how we, this way where we find ourselves, you, you get from, you get from president. You, uh, now we have the, the the presidential equivalent of Dan Bilzerian. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd like that's I think where we are. I think that's kind of like that's where I think we are. Hopefully, I do feel like this concept of the fourth estate is it the fourth or the fifth estate, man. The <laughs> the uh, fifth the uh, is it the fifth estate. I want to say fourth because there are three branches of government. Yeah, I think it's the fourth estate, but it comes from yeah. French or something. But I mean, hopefully yeah. that there is there is some. I do think that there were really like good and honest people that stayed in journalism throughout. I think there were some like maybe some commercial, you know, uh, there were some commercial pressures on journalism, but I just don't think journalism ever got corrupted the way that politics and media had. And so I kind of like, I'm kind of hoping that like journalism still sort of offers a way, some, something to hold on to as like an institution that can be trusted. That's my hope. I, my, my impression is that if there is whatever corruption there is in journalism shows up in what doesn't make it to the page rather than what does. That's very true. So it's and of course that's so that's really hard to gauge since we're only the the uh, consumers of the end product. But anyway, that that's just my hunch. So you might be correct, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe that's just uh, us collectively wanting you to be correct in that assertion. Right. Because God, what else is there? What what what's left? Now? There is nothing left. Oh, I geez. literally, there's nothing left, man. And, yeah. and it, there was so few little to begin with. I mean, it was like, you know, we we, we were really tolerating. Uh, we were really tolerating a lot of bad shit. Um, it was yeah. like a, you know, and 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 it was already so corrupted. Um, and and it, and and if you keep making those those compromises, eventually the whole thing just turns to dust. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty bad. Um, it's pretty bad. I think that there's an ex- there was an extra you know helping of rage piled on to Weinstein because of just how cliche that debauchery was mm. like, God, I mean, you, he probably rejected scripts that had uh, sexual assaults, that cliche. Right. If you think about it, right. probably like, seriously, yeah, cornering probably. a 19 year old and jerking off in front of her or telling her, you're not going to get this part unless you blow me. Like, seriously, who's even, who's even thought about using that in a movie for like 20 years. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's like a porno right there. Yeah, and not a good one. I mean, yeah, he's not a, a good filmmaker, and he managed to live a life that's like a B-list movie. Right. That's like a straight-to-Netflix <laughs> trash flick. Yeah, it's true. Like, what the hell? Like, man? if he if he could only have offered someone straight up, I'm gonna I pay you a million dollars to have one night with your beautiful wife, so that I can fu- fund your your architect dreams to build your dream house. That something, and, and then, you know, like. 
do the indecent proposal thing. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because he's looking for true love, you know, like <laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Like he wanted a massage and then to jerk off in the shower. No, like, he would. He would. Yeah, I mean, he would just have them sit in one room and watch him shower. Like what? Like yeah. Who? That is such a because, specific. You know why though? I think I think the reason is because like anything more creative would require a higher budget. <laughs> and, I, and I do think that he was that's true. He was he's, a good studio mogul, and I think he was trying to preserve. He's a, yeah, that's right. right. He put he put all his best writers on Goodwill Hunting three. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Make this happen, guys. I don't want number two. I want three right away. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. The, you know Meanwhile. what else? You know what else is trash? The uh, the fires in Napa Valley. We can't even we can't even drown our sorrows in wine. I know. It's so sad. Yeah. I'm drinking yeah. beer right now. <laughs> I have to go to whiskey. Jeez. <laughs> Dude, that yeah, California's I, having My a friend was time, telling man. me that there was we really are, but yeah. yeah, my friend was telling me, you know, on a, on a whole tangent here. Uh this morning she was at Whole Foods and there were like tons of white people grabbing up the wine. Yeah, I bet. And she she sends me a picture of it with the caption like this is how white people panic. <laughs> like oh my god! Like, oh my god. <laughs> gotta get that rosé. Yeah. yeah. Gotta get that white girl rosé. Oh uh, my god! Looting. They take they take fifteen bottles of wine and they take it into the ten items or less uh, line. That's right. That's yeah. right. But you know, I I I felt bad at, like laughing at this, but someone had put something up with the uh you know when Houston uh, the whole flooding was going on. Yeah. <laughs> and it was something about how like it was like Houston, you have one mission, uh, or like well, here's the choice: starve or eat vegan. Oh <laughs> and yeah. Houston's like nah. Nah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like it was and a, it's like it was, everything is looted in out. the in the supermarket other than yeah, the vegan the vegetarian frozen, cheese, right, right. yeah, the yeah, vegan the, cheese the and vegan, sausages. Yeah, it was like one section of the vegan stuff in like the refrigerated section. Yeah. Yeah. I think the caption like, was like. <laughs> Okay, Houston, you have two options. That's right. Eat, go vegan or starve. Yep. Houston <laughs> takes a big swig of whiskey. Fuck you. That's like, right. I'll see you in hell. It's like the I'll see you in hell. It's like the pork section at the Safeway in like South Williamsburg, you know, right before Sandy. <laughs> um, that's right. It's all gone. <laughs> oh my god. It's the only thing that's yeah. left. Um, yeah, I don't know, but it's been like, like, look, fucking. Yeah, no, it's bad there. It, I joke about it, but in indie films are. You know, Miramax was a fucking whorehouse. Uh, um, Napa Valley is just like it. It, it literally look like the pictures. If you look at it, it looks like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, it really looks. It, it looks worse than Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's fucking insane. Like all the pictures are like orange. Yeah, it looks like a bomb went off. It looks like yeah, insane. it looks like war zone. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's pretty yeah. bad. Still hazy. It's still burning. I honestly didn't mm-hmm. know rich people could get it that bad. I didn't like. I didn't know it was possible. <laughs> it's like they didn't build a wall. Like what's? <laughs> Jesus How does this happen? I just... Um. Uh. Silicon Valley didn't TechCrunch recently write something? Uh, TechCrunch being like sort of you know. Ah, uh, like they a, did. Yes. Writes wrote something like people hate Silicon Valley. Do you guys understand? Yeah. This? Yeah. yeah was, no longer uh, America's yeah. sweethearts. Yeah. 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 Like. Wow, just everything. California used to be definitely like, you know, the the it was sort of like utopian, utopia, dystopia, sort of mixed into one. You could kind of see hope and and doom in it. And it's not that just that the doom part 
like one out but all the hopeful stuff turned into just pure doom like it just turned into you know rape and wildfires <laughs> you know like it's so it's just so crazy I'm glad we're providing some some navel gazing philosophy fodder for you, teen. Yeah, you're living through I, it. I'm glad. You're living through it. Um, I know. It's yeah, reporting right from the front lines, I'm telling you. We, there's no, no more already, Chardonnay. We'd already been through it, because like yeah. <laughs> two thousand eight. Two thousand eight is when the, the the uh the credibility neutron bomb went off in New York City. And Well oh, yeah, we're totally done then. Yeah, and now we're living in this sort of like post apocalyptic sort of environment in new york city and i gotta tell you things got a lot more boring like you know the the the, the kind of like wheeling and dealing culture in man in in like manhattan finance is like done it's like the most boring oh yeah uh, hr not... regulated yeah everyone's got to chip it like the amount of like charities that i have to give to which are totally not charities because it's not quite it's not like a they just deducted it on my paycheck you know, and then thank yeah. you. Like, like right. the amount of like goodwill stuff that we have to do is so intense. It's like a third of my job now, and uh, that's that's where y'all headed. <laughs> so, do you just pay directly to Israel, or is there like a whole network of shadow corporations through the? No, first you first you have through? to don't first you have to donate for to cars for kids. And, oh, uh, and it gets funneled okay. through there. No, it's simply they, just... they, they just don't pay me because Israel paid. Me. That's right, that too. Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, that's they just okay. Just don't pay me. All right. They volunteer you to volunteer. They to net give, it out of the, the balance charity. of payments. Um, so it just doesn't come. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, this goes deep, don't it? You wow. know what goes deep? Your obsession with Israel. We got to talk about this. <laughs> it does. Yeah. We, we really. I'm just I would enjoying love to talk about this. Yeah. You're 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 BDS, aren't you? <laughs> No, I. Some of my best friends are Jews. I'm okay. I got this. I went to. Like I paid 13, my dues. I went to like 13 bar mitzvahs growing up. Yeah. Like I, I had like a little tiny suit when I was a kid, like a little three piece suit. <laughs> <laughs> was, I, I had a bar mitzvah suit. <laughs> That's awesome. That's that was awesome. a busy we year, all did. man. That we was all a did. busy year. Jesus. Uh huh. I had to go to college oh, wow. like four times. So you can do the whole like Baruch Atanai. You can do the whole thing, right? The Torah. Hava Nagila and all that shit. And uh, <laughs> I don't remember this stuff. Yeah, I know. I loved bar mitzvahs. I thought it was just like these Best are parties so, ever, man. These are really fancy birthday parties this year for some fucking reason. <laughs> right. And I, and I don't have to do it myself, which is great. Like I, I, was, I just come to the. They were like little weddings. They're like children. They weddings. are. They are. They you are. know, I would have like an assigned seat. Suit. Mm-hmm. I had a. Fu- I had fucking dress shoes. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like white. And back then, I didn't know they were Jewish. I thought they were white. I was like, white people are so different than what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they lifting people on chairs and shit? Like, what's going on? They, you know what they were? Do- they were just. They were just teaching. Uh, they were just teaching the next generation of Jews, the Asians. They were teaching us. <laughs> yeah. How to yeah. do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man! Now that they've made it to the holy land of whiteness, it's up to us it's to, to us. carry the struggle across the Jordan. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah.
next next topic next time uh next next pod uh shit i don't have an opinion on palestine asians are we the new jews Um, yeah oh my god that'll be or the the question is adam we're gonna need you on board for this oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. friendly cover here we can talk to my brother too because uh he actually went to israel on birthright Mm -hmm. and he was uh they definitely try to indoctrinate you into like you know uh supporting israel 100 percent and knew it and no they do they absolutely do and um he was like their worst nightmare because he would just talk back so and is, like um, debate everything and they just did not like him <laughs> well i can see and he that. was, and he was yeah. like the asian one so <laughs> the argumentative one and he's asian yep yeah, yeah. yeah. they're like how'd you get in how'd you get in here the amazing and, part of it because i know I actually know some in on asian a technicality jews, so. That's right. I, I know some Asian <laughs> Jews, but they're all converts, right? Yeah. And right, usually right. they're converted because they're they're they uh, actually one of them I know like converted just. So you're gonna get married, right? right? Well, well, she got married, but actually she converted prior. And really? Yeah. She she just, she just I asked her. I was like, why? She was just like, I found it yeah. fascinating. And Interesting. She yeah, but usually you go pretty orthodox. Right. right. If you're gonna so, yeah. So she's like a pretty committed Jew. The funny thing about your brother is he's like a he's like an Asian reformed Jew. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like he's an Asian Jew that has already like he's been he's both Asian Jewish and trying to get away from the more orthodox levels of Jewish. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a self-loathing Jew. He he is. He is. (laughs) I wouldn't say maybe self-loathing. No, but but you're saying how how amazing that is like for an Asian to be a reformed Jew. Yes, he, he, like, he didn't even yeah. right, he just skip to the for to me the to reform. do it. I, yeah, how many steps that has to take? How many lifetimes? He just skipped right there. Yeah, I he would, just he absorbed it through my father, and then that's just yeah, exactly. I would have to convert into the most orthodox level of Jewry, and then slowly right. live a life in which I was became increasingly more disillusioned over decades. Until I <laughs> right. finally decided right. to strike my own balance between secular and Ju- Ju- uh, Judaism. Uh, that's how I become your brother. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That would take forty-six <laughs> to fifty years. That's, that's minimum. Yeah, yeah, a minimum. <laughs> and you yeah. might only get to that point on your deathbed. Exactly. That, that, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Well, bring I mean, your, we can tie it back, right? In. Weinstein's probably Jewish, right? Oh, oh yeah, very Jewish. Yeah. Weinstein. Okay. All right. So, so it was still on topic. Whew. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. No, totally on um, topic. Okay, so yeah, wait, uh... let's bring your brother on next time. We'll do a four-person pod. And here's the here's the topic, okay? What do you think of this? Asians, the new Jews, or the next Muslims? Oh, yeah, because that's another oh, – that's shit. yeah, because that's another um, interesting angle like you were talking about today. Yeah. How, um, yeah, I think minorities in America, or I think at least Asians, have to look at – not towards our, like, internment past, but – Towards the last fifteen years, and what have happened to brown people? Exactly, they're not gonna, they're not, not gonna redo yeah. the camps. That's that's ridiculous. No, they've got much better no. tactics now. Exactly. Yeah, so I think, I mean, as a, as Asian Americans, I think it's actually doing a disservice to start every narrative w- with Inter- talk about the internment camps or the Exclusion Act. Like, it takes there is a ball. new. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's respect for history, but come on, who doesn't know this by now? This is how every right. story right. has to start, and I think it's it 
leads to putting blinders on to the reality of the situation. It's too easy to refute, too, because we're not yes, living in the it. same context. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. too easy to refute. Camps. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't seem real. All the photos are black and white, and all the women are wearing yeah. long dresses. And internment, honestly, and like, I to hate to fair, say it. I hate to say it. I know it was a gross violation of rights. But it didn't look that bad in the pictures. That's the problem. Yeah, there's yeah. pictures of them playing baseball. They're not, like, skinny and all fucked up. Like, I I know this is blasphemy, but I'm just saying, like, why it doesn't really... As, you know, I know that it was a gross violation of rights and that they took away... It was, it was tragic. But as right. a visual uh, cautionary tale, it fails because... It doesn't. Yeah. You can't see the pain, right? The pain was more abstracted than that. But that's true. From a yeah. PR, stuff, from a PR perspective, it does look of gassed Jews. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like no, in the scale, no if, if only one, if only one case of forcible internment can reach public sympathy, it's gonna go there. That's true. And deservedly true. so. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't. That does nothing to delegitimize the horror at having personal rights, property autonomy all that stripped away uh right. so we really have to move past that to recognize the legitimacy of that without playing the whole like well you know did we have it worse than the jews no, in germany I, I think we have to start realizing we first of all i think we have to start taking responsibility for it uh like you can't really feel i don't think people can really feel the sense of urgency until they realize that they've been complicit in themselves so to come up and is coming and yeah. I do think that we have to understand that like, as East Asians, um, and I'm excluding South Asians from this, that as East Asians with lighter skin, like we really rode, we freeloaded off brown skin people as the, the targets of xenophobic enemy imaging for the past 15 years plus. We, have we did. We kind of, we did. We, yeah. we rode the ability, we I don't know if, it, if it's consciously, but at least passively, passively. with complicity. With complicity. Yeah, yeah, with complicity. Yeah, yeah. Totally knowing agree. complicity. Yeah. Saying, like, since the public only seems to be able to hold one enemy at a time yeah. in its collective consciousness, we're not we've always been the good up. ones. Yeah, we're not yeah, going to stick our heads up here. Ones. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. it's like, we can from afar, like, we so don't look like them. Asians are not, yeah. no, East Asians are not known to be uh, suicide bombers or whatever, the, you know, whatever scaring the hell out of white people. So we don't threaten mm-hmm. them. They don't look at us and wonder. You know, I've never, I've never felt like, you know, like the, the you know, brown comedians all the time saying how they get, you know, uh, uh, singled out. I've never felt that that's happened to me. Yeah. No, that's no, that's 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 real. That's true. Yeah. And it's about time we just were able to say, yeah, all that is true. And this whole bunch of issues we want addressed mm-hmm. has not lost a drop of legitimacy in the process of acknowledging this. Yeah. Right. That's, that's right. the process here. Yeah. I mean, at the low end, uh, Asians are the ones serving you orange chicken at the high end. We're your pediatricians. Right. We're totally right? So harmless. We're, we're harmless and often beneficial. Yeah. We don't suicide bomb. We're pretty good at math. Yeah. Except me. I'm terrible at math. Uh, <laughs> And we make we make crazy cheap electronics, <laughs> right? But, but we so, don't. But, but we don't put them together into bombs. But see now, now yeah. what's going to happen is they're going to be like except the Note Seven. But <laughs> yeah, but that only killed like fifteen to twenty people. But like yeah, I, th- yeah, I, I know. think it took down like two planes. But like the the <laughs> we're behind yeah, guys. They, they were, so we right. step up our game. Minor, minor. But like 
I think that the, what I'm worried about is like it's harder for this to happen, but I think that there's the possibility that there like suddenly white America's like wait 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 you know the Muslims are yeah they're barbarians and they do but you know who really gutted this country and was playing the long game was the guy who put PP in my coke like they were playing the long <laughs> con you know and and while we right. weren't looking they slowly stole our middle class you know like. That is the narrative that I'm that like when you start, that's a narrative that has a lot more meat to it than than, Ar- you know, Arabs are all fucking crazy. Yeah. In a way, that's not that hard a thing to counteract, even though tenaciously Americans still cling on to that. Like, it's really easy to get, you know, people that aren't the most sophisticated thinkers to like vehemently oppose that narrative and say, you know, that's not real Islam, you know, it, there's Islamic terrorism is not equal to Islam, whatever. But this long con shit, like, it's wrapped up in certain realities that are really hard to look through, like, macroeconomic trends, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> trade imbalance, like, who the mm-hmm. fuck understands any of that stuff? Like, that stuff is so easy to obfuscate and mystify that it's going to be very, very easy to, or it's going to be very, very impenetrable once a certain narrative gets set up. That right. it's going to be almost impossible to get people to see otherwise, you know. That's my fear. Yeah. So, All right. I well, mean, let's sa- let's save some of these bullets for the next. Sure. Show. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, we could just do this a while. It'll, I got more. I got more Jew jokes too, by the way. Nice. <laughs> nice. I like it. Next one will be Jew jokes. We'll just do a Jew jokes one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just. All right. Everyone have like ten Jew jokes and we'll just fire them off. Oh no! It's amazing because we have Adam, which makes everything okay. He's like, oh, yeah, it's okay. I, I I laugh and I condone it. You're like Watley. You're like the Asian Watley. I know. Right. Or I'll just or, or you guys like just give them all to me and I'll say them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Guys, like, if, like if he's not racist. He's a self-loathing Jew. It's not. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's just well, you know, like Seinfeld, blood. like it was like he was making the the dentist jokes. Oh no, he was he converted the Judaism so, yeah. for the jokes. Yeah. And then he accused <laughs> Seinfeld of being an anti-dentite. Right, right, because he was a dentist. <laughs> uh, and they were in a, they were in a church. <laughs> oh man. All right. He's like, I'm allowed. I'm a Jew. We will save. Yeah, we should bring occupation-based ra- uh, racism back. Honestly. Occupation-based based racism. Yeah, I hate accountants. Oh, oh, you mean I just see. like occupation-based yeah. hatred? Period. Yeah. Like, I hate lawyers. Based like hatred. Skills. Yeah, exactly. You know, I yeah. know. I, like as a lawyer, I do understand the hatred, the hatred, and yeah. how how sort of harmless it is. Like occupation-based hatred is totally fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like no one gets it worse than lawyers. It's totally fine. It was totally doable. Oh no, the cops would disagree with you because cops, cop, blue lives matter, team. Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> uh, cops can go screw, and I yeah. can say that because I'm Asian. I'm harmless. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> More jokes you can give to me because I am Asian as Jesus. well. Oh my I God. can get the Asian and the Jewish jokes. <laughs> Adam, so you glad see, you're you here. You see Adam. how much more liberation Asian females have in this country than Asian men. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. That's yeah. true. Jess just says whatever the fuck she wants, man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> you 